We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. But uh, welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, today we had... I would say, you know, kind of an avalanche of news, but it's all sourced from one event, and that is Sean Payton speaking at the annual league meeting, and he said a lot. There are so many different little bullet points that we're going to get to tonight, but I wanted to open this conversation by first asking you of everything you saw and heard him say today, what jumps out to you the most as the most news relevant for Broncos country? News relevant, I mean, you covered one story, I covered another about Jared Stidham, how the Broncos view him as a capable starter, if need be, and uh, Sean Payton touched on what he did in Vegas last year, and also that he and the Broncos view Lloyd Cushenberry as the starting center. And we can debate the veracity of his comments. Scott and I were going back and forth. We both think it's a little coach speak here because of the way he worded it. Didn't seem like it's set in stone. And um, he's still the weakest link on the O-line. But what jumped out to me, I read every quote word for word. You know, we get them nicely packaged to us, Chad. And the amount of subtle pot shots that Sean Payton took at Nathaniel Hackett talked about, you know, if it sounds like I'm criticizing the offense, it's because I am, you know, uh, we, we play tackle football. So we have to practice tackling, you know, everything was bad last year. It was a hard watch on tape. I could not be happier with Peyton as the Broncos coach. And every time he speaks, I wonder to myself, Chad, how the hell do we make it through 15 games with Hackett as the head coach? Yeah, I know it was, uh, it was quite illuminating to see how one of the most well-respected cutting edge minds of the NFL of the last two decades that even he was going when he was asked, yeah, are you going to play your starters in preseason? He goes, yeah, it's the preseason. You know, like you said, we, we want to practice tackling. We want to practice <laughs> these things, but let me get to a few points here and then um, we'll say some hellos real quick. Let me just grab this comment. He said, I want to start with the Jarrett Stidham stuff because before I grab this, and we'll do some scratch and sniff, I'll put it up on the screen for you guys, but 
One thing I want to remind everybody of here is that Sean Payton, Zach, since he officially became a Bronco, he has had a few different opportunities uh, to address Russell Wilson and speak about him, his opinion on him publicly from his introductory press conference to all the media he did at the Super Bowl. And this is probably the, the next biggest opportunity that he had. And it was arguably the most he really said about Russell Wilson. But even that, Zach, what he said today, and which we'll get to, was not all that much. And yet, when Jarrett Stidham's name came up, mm-hmm. gushy, 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 gushy. Russell Wilson, oh, athletic, you know, um, competitive. Jarrett Stidham, oh, yeah, and then he lights up. So I want to compare this for just a second, and then we'll grab some comments and super chats. Uh, here is, let me get this one thing off the screen. Uh, here's what he said about Jarrett Stidham. Okay, we're going to be grabbing this right here. Uh, what do you like about Jarrett Stidham? Quote, I think he's young, but I think he's someone that we had a good grade on coming out, talking about his time in New Orleans. We like the player. I think we played well. Pardon, he played well in the two starts he had this year. If you study closely the San Francisco game, he's smart at the line of scrimmage. There were a couple of directions really with that position, and there were a handful of number twos that either I have worked with or we felt comfortable with. In this case, I think he's a number two whose arrow is moving in a direction where we feel like he can become an NFL starter in our league. The evaluation was pretty crystal clear for all of us. I think he's someone that's going to be great in the room. He's smart. Quietly, that was an important sign for us. And then, Zach, one last thing. He went on to say uh, this also about Jarrett Stidham because he kind of triggered some questions that were like, well, is do you view Stidham as a starter? Like, what are you saying here? Quote, what I said is I think there's upside to this player. So here we are. We have a young player. I think there's certain players we saw in free agency. Can they come in? Can they play and start? Yeah. I think you get that with Jarrett, but I also think you get a player who is still ascending. If you watch the Niners game, have you seen that game? That's impressive against a good defense. He was a priority for us. Again, Zach, quietly. Fortunately, it worked out. We were able to get him. Your thoughts? Yeah, I didn't mean to chuckle. I was laughing at what Scott said. He said, when Peyton wishes uh, Stidham a happy birthday and not Russ, dot, 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 then we'll know uh, we have trouble in Broncos country. Um, To be fair to Sean Peyton, though, he has no investment previously to Russell Wilson. Wilson was there before he arrived and uh, Sean Payton got to handpick his quarterback and that quarterback was Stidham. I'm not reading too much into it though. I feel like the Broncos are in safer hands with someone they trust as the backup, just in case knock wood Russ gets hurt or Russ underperforms. They have someone they feel like can step in right away and not only, you know, steady the ship, but even maybe make it better. I want to share some of my thoughts on this. We're not done. Lots to get to tonight, guys. This is going to be a very, uh, you want to talk about a deep diving episode tonight. Be glad you're tuned in, whether you're live with us or you end up watching this or listening after. Uh, but first, we got to say what's up to Sam Bam jumping in with a super chat. Thank you, bro. Love you. Getting in early, Zach, before we even went live. As always. This is, he's a legend. April 13th, he's going to be on the show. We can't wait. He says, hello, Chad, Zach, Scott, and Broncos country. <clears throat> I'm really glad the Broncos aren't going to trade Sutton or Judy. I want to see what they do with better coaching and QB play. Go Broncos. Zach, this was something, and thank you, Sam, uh, that he got into today as well. Sean Payton talking about, I mean, he, he, he was quoted yesterday, but then in the actual press conference today, uh, his remarks on the subject were interesting. But what say you? 
I agree uh, with the premise. I, I would like to keep Russell Wilson's supporting cast intact. I think taking away those receiving weapons would make the Broncos a worse team, and I don't think it's worth having an extra third or fourth round pick in your pocket. But for anyone saying breathe easy, it's definitely not going to happen. I'm not exhaling until the draft is over because teams could get desperate, especially after the first round or you know, in Judy's case, maybe before the first round. If at that point they haven't traded either, then we'll know they're a part of the team. But until then, it's going to be this these reports that come out. Even today, Albert Breer from SI said, if the Broncos get the offer they want, which is a first for Judy or a second for Sutton, they will do it. Because they haven't gotten that, those offers, that's why they're putting out these uh, talking points. He talks about here, Peyton, that uh, he doesn't like this draft class at wide receiver which is another incentive for the Broncos not to move off of Judy or Sutton. Uh, but what he said is, it will, the talk, the rumors, continue, I'm sure, as we get closer to the draft. If you really look at the draft and you really look at the receiver depth in the draft, it's not a real deep draft. If you're a team that's looking for receivers, we're not the only team people called. Also, he talks about uh, Cooks and whatnot. And then his actual view of the position that the Broncos, you know, the wide receiver room, he really focused on the fact that, well, we haven't been healthy at that position. Um, so we'll get more into that. But, Michael, brother, it's great to see you jumping in early with some support. Love you. It wouldn't be an MHH stream without the great Michael Ronquillo in the house. So it's good to see you, brother. Um, but, yeah, Lawrence Stidham – or Lawrence Stidham. This, this is the second time I've done that in two podcasts uh, consecutive. Lawrence Rivera, Jarrett Stidham. I really hope that was coach speak because if he was serious, this is going to be a long road. Well, I want to get into uh, some of the stuff he said about Russell Wilson. In fact, might as well do it real quick because I think part, what's at play here, at least in part, Zach, is some Parcellian uh, football psychology. And, and you can argue that maybe I'm over. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thinking it a little bit. No, he even and mentioned Bill in the press conference today. It's in there somewhere. Exactly. 
Um, he is an acolyte of Parcells, and Parcells was known uh, as a guy who uh, was quite savvy and sophisticated with his ability to basically be an armchair psychologist and just know how to motivate guys because everyone is motivated differently in the human experience. I'll find it here in a second. Uh, it comes down to are you primarily motivated? Are you a hope of gain guy or gal or are you a fear of loss guy or gal? And so what does that mean relative to being a leader and having to motivate people? Well, are you a guy that tends to respond more by someone telling you how great you are, how talented you are, how hard you're working, all these compliments, does that elevate you? Or are you a guy that tends to rise to the occasion when you're criticized, when you're threatened, when you're forced to kind of sing for your supper? And Zach, I think there's an argument to be made in the case of Russell Wilson that, you know, he didn't have to do that for a long time in Seattle. Then he lands in Denver, didn't have to do that. He's felt zero threat to his standing and position because he's been one of the league's most elite quarterbacks for near on a decade. Then he comes to Denver and he takes a massive step backward. I think this is Sean Payton doing some savvy, uh, passive aggressive Parcellian psychology where he's gushing about one quarterback publicly, Zach, while kind of holding back on the other one. Because I think he believes that's how you motivate Russell Wilson, at least in part. Yeah, I mean, anyone also complaining about Stidham and how much Sean Payton's talking him up? Imagine if the Broncos signed a, quote, better backup quarterback. A lot of y'all were pining for, and I was too, I'm, I'm not going to lie, like Jacoby Brissett or Taylor Heineke. What do you think Sean Payton would say about um, them? You know, so it's it's some coach speak, but he also got to handpick his guy. And you might be right about motivating Russ or setting some sort of psychological message, but um, criticizing Russ obviously didn't work last year. He heard a lot of that hate and a lot of the vitriol from the opposing fan bases and teams and media. And he kind of, you know, sunk to a dark spot. The good thing about Sean Payton, unlike Nathaniel Hackett, it doesn't matter how Russell Wilson wants to be coached up. Sean Payton is going to do it his way. And Sean Payton has enough testicular fortitude to look Russ in the eyes and say, you were not good enough last year. You have to be a lot better because the roster around you is better. And we're in win now mode. The time for excuses is over. you got to live up to that contract. And that's the guy to get that out of him. Well said, Naj, my brother, jumping in. We are excited because Naj, we're, he's officially booked to join us for a superstar segment the week following Sam Bam. So the 13th, Sam Bam, the 20th, Naj is going to join us. We look forward to that, brother. Thank you for the super chat. He says, hey, bros, I get adding discomfort and pushing people out of their comfort zone is known to bring out the best in those who respond well to it. I believe this will be the case for Russ. Well said. There's something to it. And what do we know about Russell Wilson, Zach, when he has been in a position where he has to compete and sing for his supper? You know, we can't really – you can argue that every year, regardless of your standing, as a, whether you're an elite quarterback or, a, you know, the, the 79th guy on a roster, that you have to compete. You have to – even if you're not competing for a job, Zach, you're at least justifying your job, right? But Russell Wilson hasn't really been in that crucible since his rookie year. And what a crucible that was because he came in as a third round pick, short guy. No one really, everyone slept on Russell Wilson as a prospect coming out of Wisconsin. And what did he do? At the time, he unseated by the, by the season opener, he had unseated a veteran who had just got a three year free agent deal from the Seahawks, which at the time was big money for that caliber 
uh, of player, you know, a uh, uh, career number two guy who who did enough to garner a number one. Con- we weren't talking Peyton Manning money. We were talking one tier below that. And they said, we saw that we needed to see this summer. Russ, you're the starter. Matt Flynn hit the brick. So we know he can respond well when he is in a position, Zach, where he truly believes his his landscape is, I got to outcompete this guy if I want to be on the field. It's a great example. I just wonder, is that the same Russell Wilson? Is he that hungry all those years later? I mean, he's reached the mountaintop. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler. He's you know, a borderline, I'd say Hall of Famer, maybe with a couple more winning seasons under his belt. I don't know if he has that fight still left in him. Um, and what I was going to say is we don't know enough about Russ. We've only had one year of him with the Broncos. I can't profess to cover him extensively in Seattle. I don't know what he was like there much. He was the entrenched starter for a lot of his career. He said, though, we got to take him at his word, Chad. He said, Sean Payton, I want you to coach me hard, and that's what Sean Payton will do. Whether he responds to that, time will tell. Uh, Howie with some massive star love on Facebook. Appreciate you, brother. Seriously. Thank you. He says, does Howie freaking day evening gentlemen, does Judy and Sutton staying in Denver? Does it shake up the draft? Well, depends on, I mean, if you're talking specifically about the Broncos, I mean, I'm not sure Zach, how you interpret what he's really asking us here, but Judy and Sutton staying. I mean, I think, it's pretty safe to say they're probably not using one of their remaining top 100 picks. They only have two, I think, this year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on wide receiver. But then again, depends on how far down the rabbit hole or how how uh, strongly you want to stand on that soapbox of BPA. Because if you think that a front office only ever that's competent drafts based on the best player available, well, then anything's possible. It depends on who's ranked. But I think most front offices they they balance the two right need versus bpa yeah that's the sweet spot right there and i think the broncos could uh could be experiencing that i don't know what this question means specifically for denver i think you're right with what you said they have their plans formulated regardless but in terms of the nfl it would hurt a team like cleveland or new england or whoever's in on jerry judy or Cortland sudden they would have to go to plan b and probably draft a receiver uh kind of an aside though i think bpa for the broncos while we're on the topic it might not be running back i i've probably obvious before they've added two running backs but chad the way that sean payton talked about samaj p ryan that is the entrenched number one running back until javante gets healthy and maybe even after he gets healthy yeah let's uh let's talk about that Howie, love you big dog um let me find he talked about him in a few places first things first um uh, how he plans to utilize p ryan quote i see position flex if you really watch P. Ryan and study the tape, you see him on early downs and you see him playing third down. He's a really good receiver. Obviously, he could block the blitz. He's big. He's physical. He's smart. He's tough. He's built to last. That was an important piece for us, knowing the injury that we're dealing with. Speaking to Javante, he was really important, Zach. And I like this when he was asked earlier about, uh, hey, coach, what's your philosophy of the importance of a successful run game? Quote, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> That's all he gave him. I love that. Doesn't mince words. But for anyone holding out hope of like Jameer Gibbs in the third round, I don't know that Den- Denver could afford to even go in that direction when you still need help elsewhere. Um, 
Cutting back to the original question, shaking up the draft, regardless of what they do, I think you got to uh, attack edge inside linebacker, maybe the secondary before you're even thinking about going wide receiver. I'm trying to find the other point in the uh, remarks today where he mentioned P. Ryan, but I'll circle back in a minute. Sam Bam again throwing down. Thank you, brother. Thank you. He says, I was thinking about the Broncos pass rush today. Do you have any concern due to Randy Gregory's availability history and Baron Browning not being a natural pass rusher seems concerning to me. Yeah, I think it's, I am concerned about the Broncos pass rush. I'll be honest with you, not just because of Randy Gregory's um, problems with the injury bug. If you look at his career, but Baron Browning, I mean, I'm going to assume Vance Joseph ends up Zach keeping him as a, as an edge defender. I think he is a more natural pass rusher than he is a natural off-ball inside linebacker guy. But I think what Sam Bam's speaking to here is that, you know, most of his training, most of his experience both at Ohio State and uh, at least early on in Denver came as an inside linebacker. Uh, so he's not as accomplished or experienced in that department, rushing the passer, et cetera. But his just straight smoothness as an athlete, his twitch, his bend – like if you could figure out how to teach him some of the some of the things that say are second place common sense stuff to like a Von Miller, man, he could go crazy. But that is a position I'm concerned about. Zach, what say you? I'm more concerned with Nick Benito, and I think we'll know a lot about how the Broncos feel about him depending on what they do in the draft. I mean, you invested a high round pick at that position where you already spent a lot of money with Randy Gregory. You have to hit on Benito because if you don't, you have Jonathan Cooper, Chris Allen, and not much else behind them. Um, the thing with Browning, though, he maybe he would look a little more natural if he would have stayed at one spot, if he would have been a full-time edge rusher or a full-time inside linebacker. I don't like the idea of moving him around, but I think VJ, considering what he did with Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons in Arizona, could do that with Baron Browning sometimes in the middle, sometimes on the outside. Just get his talent on the field. I want the best 11 on the field at all times. Absolutely. Um, it's worth noting, too, that the, the new guy they hired to – kind of help Marcus Dixon coach the pass rushing side of the D line. And then also um, Will Hoyt is uh, Jamar Kane and Jamar Kane crossed paths with Nick Benito when he was at Oklahoma. So there is some experience there and it makes me wonder how much of the Jamar Kane hire, which came kind of at the 11th hour in terms of it was like one of the last two moves that were made literally within minutes of a press release being shot out that we have finalized the coaching staff was that last hire made specifically to maximize Nick Benito. I think there it was a big motivating factor. I, I don't know that, but my educated guess Zach is that Kane arriving has a little something to do with his track record with Nick Benito. If that's the case, and it very well may be, I, I'm taking a cynical approach to it. You should need a dedicated coach to get the most out of his second-round pick. He should be able to thrive regardless of the scheme, regardless of the coach. I like that he has the asset, and I'm sure Kane was hired uh, with more than Benito in mind, but you start to maybe get the B word in your mind when you talk about Nick. and I don't mean Benito. Yes, uh, unfortunately. But there's still a lot of – there's there's still yeah. lots of uh, rows left to hoe for Nick Benito. So I'm not jumping to conclusions there. Uh, but Zach, I want to circle back to 
um, what Sean Payton actually said today about Russell Wilson, um, because we've talked about a lot, you know, what he said about Stidham, but let's, let's talk about this real quick. And you guys tell us, all right, when you interpret both the content of what I'm about to, to uh, read to you from Peyton's remarks on Wilson, when you interpret the content and kind of the tonality, does it seem like he's maybe showering praise more one way or the other? Do you see it as pretty even 50-50 or non-issue? Here's what he said on what stood out to him about Russell Wilson. Quote, he's super competitive. He's one at a high level. He's someone that I think moves well. He's someone that I think works extremely hard. It's hard to find guys with all those traits. Now, I watched with every one of you the season that took place a year ago. I said this is a little bit, I said this a little bit earlier. There's probably a, a little bit of dirt on a lot of people's hands. When you win five games, it is what it is. I don't think I need to elaborate anymore. It wasn't good. <laughs> wasn't good on offense. That's for sure. It was hard film oh, to man. watch. Okay. All right. Now, Zach, and then he talks also a little bit about Russ, his experience with Russ. It's not like he's new to the Russell Wilson thing, coached him in at the Pro Bowl in Florida, went against him multiple times, especially two or three times in the playoffs. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's another one here. But uh, circling back here to the, to the point at hand with regard to Russell Wilson, he went out of his way to iterate, reiterate, and then re-reiterate that Russell Wilson was bad last year. He really went out of his way to make it clear how bad it was last year. So if I'm Russell Wilson and I'm weighing what I'm hearing my coach say about this new guy coming in and what I've heard him say about me up to this point, maybe I am starting to get uh, my hackles up a little bit. Maybe I am starting to dig in and go, you know what? To heck with all this. I'm going to freaking show everybody what's up. And I'm getting hyped and I'm getting motivated. Maybe. Buckham. That'd be the Buckham. perfect, you know, perfect drop for us there. Um, You know, I know he's tone deaf, but I don't think Russ is that tone deaf where he can think about last year or watch the film and come away thinking he wasn't the problem. He knows he played poorly. He knows he wasn't good enough. But like Sean said, it was a dirt on a lot of people's hands and my overall takeaway wasn't so much a criticism of Russ. It was more so a criticism of the previous coaching staff. He even mentioned when he was talking about the preseason and, you know, not having seven on sevens or 11 on 11s, whatever, not the way we did it in New Orleans. It was very different to me when you watch the tape. He took a lot of subtle shots at Hackett. And I think if you ask Sean privately, he'll never admit it publicly. But if you ask him what was the biggest culprit of last season, it was not number three. It was his predecessor. Indeed. And that's where we start getting out into the weeds when he wants to reemphasize over and over how bad the offense was and how hard it was to watch. Is he throwing shade at Russ or is he really throwing shade at the guy who got fired inside of his first season as the head coach? And I think there's a little bit of both. And it's not that he's purposefully necessarily trying to make his his two hundred and forty five million dollar quarterback that he inherited uh, look bad. But this is why. I believe Sean Payton is a guy who is very cognizant of every word that he says, every deed that he does. I think he knows exactly what he's doing, which is why it comes back to me to this kind of Parcells thing, which is I want to light a fire under Russ. And I'm going to use very subtle, savvy, sophisticated ways to do that. 
There's a couple of ways of looking at it. I, I don't want to be so uh, negative with this press conference. We're still learning about Sean Payton, how he conducts himself uh, publicly. But like he said, what is there more to say about Russ? His resume speaks for itself, regardless of what happened last year. But when he gushes about Stidham, you can look at that like not a lot of people know about Jared Stidham. And now he's a Bronco and we paid him handsomely. So why not kind of talk him up and try to make him seem like a good player that we picked up? Mike says, Reno, great to see you, brother. Appreciate you being with us as always and the support. He says, I don't think Peyton likes Wilson. And I was also surprised about the uh, Greg Dulcich comment, I think is what he's saying as well. Uh, it was curious, Zach, what he said about Dulcich. When asked specifically, hey, what have you seen about, uh, what do you think about Dulcich? He was kind of dismissive. He goes, well, we'll see. We haven't gone through every player relative to the evaluation process. Some of it was hard. Here he is again, the evaluation. Some of it was hard. Now, I think that was just coincidental, Zach, that the whole going down memory lane made him re remember how hard it was to watch the film. I don't think it's because it was hard to watch Dulcich per se, but just explaining that we haven't gone through every player uh, relative to the evaluation process, it did trigger him to say this stuff again, right? It was hard. It was hard to watch and all that. So he was very flat for whatever reason on uh, talking about Dulcich, but I'm not really reading into that right now. No, it could have been a Freudian slip too, because if you're trying to pin the comments on Russ, then Dulcich has nothing to do about Russell Wilson. Yet, you know, Sean Payton still mentioned that it was hard last year. It was surprising though, considering how well Dulcich progressed by the end of the year, not to at least throw him some sort of bone or mention him by name. It almost seemed like that comment was the wrong transcribed quote about Dulcich. It was kind of awkward. Lawrence, brother. Appreciate you helping us keep the conversation going. He says, I think Russ has been called out multiple times since Sean came in. He's been calling for different quarterbacks like Tom Brady and his whole saying, guys, Buckham, I think was directed at Russ. I don't think so. I would I would disagree with you on that. Maybe directed in the sense that, you know, his message to everybody about what's happened in the past is forget about it and what they're going to say about you and about us now, because I got to include myself. If I'm Sean Payton, it's my team. Buckham, let's not live in the past. Let's chase the yeah. chicken, right? Let's, let's, let's move forward. Um, but look, I mean, it's even like Dan here. Appreciate you, Dan. Good to see you. Does Russ really need a $245 million pep talk? Well, yeah. Yeah. Especially because he got that. He needs that you got to find new ways to reach him because here's one thing that you might not, here's one thing that I would explain to you for people who, um, you know, highly productive achievers that make millions and money that most of us can't even dream about. Well, guess what? Pretty soon that money becomes passe. Uh, it's just like anything else in your life where the wall is white water's wet i have a crap ton of money in the bank account but i'm still me and i still got to figure out how to be my the best person i can possibly be what motivates each and every person zach is entirely unique to that individual and again it falls back on the scale of to greater or lesser degree are you a hope of gain guy or are you a fear of loss guy and i think we're in a situation where russell wilson has already gained so much right he's wealthy beyond multi-generational wealth famous arguably as you mentioned earlier hall of fame uh career so how do you get that guy who's still in it it's not like he's out of the nfl he's still in this but he's coming off a terrible season 
how do you get him back on the horse? How do you refocus him? How do you re-excite and energize this guy? I think it does come down to more fear of loss type stuff. You've got to make him feel a little bit unsettled, a little bit threatened in his standing and position, even though there's no feasible, realistic chance, Zach, that all of a sudden you're going to just go to Jarrett Stidham on week one of the 2023 regular season when he's consuming, Russ, so much of your salary cap. And, you know, if we're talking skins on the wall, he's got many, many more skins on the wall. That's a surface that, trust me, Sean Payton wants to scratch. He wants to see what kind of hay he can make with a quarterback of Russell Wilson's accomplishments, but he's working it in now. He's figuring out how to get the best out of this guy because he's he's new to this team. He's new to these personalities and all this chemistry. I do think that plays a part in what we're talking about here. Yeah, very well said. I mean, only thing I can really add on to that is that no one's questioned Russell Wilson's love of the game. And if he were to have checked out because he got paid, remember when he got, I can't remember if it was the Rams game, but he got sacked over and over and over again. He started like showing some emotion. Finally, remember toward the end of the year, Chad, he was visibly upset that it was not working, that he was not succeeding, that the team was losing. It bothered him. And, you know, Lawrence's comment, for example, presupposes that Sean Payton was forced you know, they got Russell Wilson after hiring Sean Payton. Sean Payton knew what he was signing up for when he became Broncos coach. He knew that Russell Wilson was going to be his quarterback, and he took the job on the premise of making Russell Wilson better. So however he does it, I don't care how he, he motivates him. Obviously, kowtowing to Russ didn't work for Hackett last year. Maybe Payton's approach will be, will spurn something different. We have to hope for the best. Sam Bam, thank you, brother. Really appreciate you. He wants to know, how about the Broncos give up three future first-round picks for Lamar Jackson, who requested the Ravens trade him? Sign him to a five-year, $250 million contract and have a quarterback competition. Um, I mean, within the realm of the plausible or possible, it's, it, it is not. Uh, but, Zach, what are your thoughts on uh, Sam Bam's question here? I'm assuming it's tongue-in-cheek. I'll just say it, it was nice not having a quarterback competition last year, and I'm not looking forward to having one anytime soon. The Broncos have been on that carousel for way too long. Ravens, man, Ooh, they are okay. tempting fate, though, with this whole situation with Lamar. Like, you're going back to – you want to you really want to retrace the depths of the late Brian Billick era uh, in Baltimore, where it was one middle of the road, crappy quarterback after another, and you were trying to live high on the hog on your defense, and it just was. I mean, it's basically what the Broncos have been the last seven years. Do they really want to do that? I would just throw whatever money this dude wants and keep whistling past that graveyard. Michaela, the Duchess, throwing down. Love you. This is a top rope super chat. We appreciate you so much, Michaela. She says, Hi, fellas, rock on. Am I wrong for still liking Russ? Hashtag Buckham. Much love. No, you're not wrong. Look, it was a weird, weird season, weird situation. And I think even a lot of what Zach uh, Sean Payton has said, including today, is him really just kind of being at wit's end of trying to wrap his brain around what the hell happened here last year. Like, it was just so weird. So many different bizarre outlier type factors that you don't really know which way is up. Like when you start trying to get to the source of why this went wrong and that went wrong and all this, there are so many mitigating circumstances and factors that at a certain point, you just have to like throw your hands up in the air and say, screw it. 
not even going to think about that anymore. It's what do I got now? Time to focus on how it all fits moving forward. So, no, I don't think you're wrong, Michaela, for liking Russ. I like Russ, and I think every Broncos fan has a vested interest in wanting to see this dude turn the ship around, and I, I think he will. If it was anybody else, if the Broncos, Zach, would have hired a Dan Quinn or you know, name almost anyone besides Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh, I would be a little bit more ambivalent about my outlook on Russ turn the ship around in 2023, but it's Sean Payton. When we talk about hashtag extreme competence, when we talk about an adult being back in the building, I mean, all these little details that he referenced even just today about everything from, you know, the way the preseason was managed by the previous coaching staff to the film, to the different things. It's like you have a true expert who is extremely competent in his field now in full command and control of what's going on, that trickles downhill to everybody, including Russ. I can't wait to see how it really elevates the quarterback. So I'm not telling you guys worry about Jarrett Stidham. I don't think it's, I think it really is more of a non-issue. It's about psychologically keeping Russ a little bit amped and energy and energetic and kind of on edge and anxious a little bit, pissed off maybe even a little bit and go prove it. Prove it out on the grass. Yeah, Michaela, you like whoever the hell you like. Don't let social media or the clowns in the national media try to dissuade you from liking a certain player on the Broncos or taking that adversarial stance toward Russell Wilson. If you want to support your starting quarterback of the Broncos, you go ahead and do so. And Chad and I will be here when he does have his comeback season this year and say, just like you will, told you so. Exactly. Tom, great to see you, brother. Thank you for the super chat. He says, Sean will be direct to any player that plays bad. That's what a great coach does. Sutton won't quit on plays and players fighting on the sideline. What he's getting at going to be a thing of the past. Yeah, I agree with you. Pressure makes diamonds. It does. And if we want to really try and grasp Zach at a silver lining from 2022, beyond the fact that without that happening, you don't end up with Sean Payton as your head coach in 2023. It's that, they did go through this collection of players Zach went through the refiners fire, man. They went through the freaking crucible and most of it was painful. And I'm sure at the time they were thinking they probably have a hard time believing that in any way, shape or form, this experience is going to serve us down the road, but it will. And even if it's for no other reason, Zach, than the sick, tormented, twisted memory of how bad things were as like a motivation they, they bled together, they suffered together, they went through it, and now someone with the means to show them the, the way forward is showing them that, and it's just going to, I think that experience will have made them tougher, it'll have made them more together as a team, now that you've got real leadership and, and vision at the helm. Which is why it's not about the contract as to why maybe Russ slacked off last year or had a down season. It's that he was given everything he asked for. I mean, he had his own private office and a whole entourage and a fleet of private coaches and a parking spot or multiple parking spots, whatever. Nathaniel Hackett gave him literally anything he asked for. The good thing about Sean Payton is what he said. It's all foreign to me. I don't believe in having private offices. I don't believe in having an honorage. I don't believe in having private quarterback coaches. You are one of the 53. And thank God the Broncos got a coach like Sean Payton that has that mentality. Indeed. Gary Palmer 
the swashbuckler himself. We love you, Gary. Thanks, big dog. He says, hey, guys, Russ said coach me hard, and Sean is obliging on and off the field. Go Broncos, MHH for life, and buck them. Exactly, exactly. Part of his brief as a coach is figuring out how to motivate and inspire and reach his players, and I think he maybe has figured out early or decided anyway early that this is kind of the best way to do it with Russ is only throw him kind of veiled compliments here and there, shine the light at other guys, maybe a little bit more, make him feel like, why isn't anyone talking about me? I guess I got to give him something to talk about. George, to me, I think Peyton was uh, putting everyone on notice. He's, I think he's talking about Sean Peyton here. Uh, either play better or else no one's job is guaranteed that. That's the name of the game in the NFL, though. That goes for literally every single player on every team, maybe with the exception of Patrick Mahomes. But everyone's replaceable. No one's untouchable. You either step up or you get shown out. And that extends to Russell Wilson and his $245 million. Oh, yeah. Um, Mark Ward, great to see you, big dog. Hope you've been well. He says, uh, and thank you for the super chat, my friend. He says, loved Sean's comment about you have to practice tackle football to be good at tackle football what a concept. regarding holding players out of practice in preseason games. Look, Zach, so many people wanted to dismiss that last summer uh, as, oh, come on, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. For whatever reason, you guys can probably remember, that was something that stuck in my cry in particular. Mm -hmm. Zach, I, I'm trying to remember exactly how you felt about it. But no, I'll own up to it, Chad. I, I thought it was no big deal, and you were right on top of that. It bugged me. Not, I wasn't trying to like jump to any crazy conclusions over but i was like i don't know man if that's the best thing in your first year as a head coach with this new chemistry like you need to put these guys through it they need to get up against it um and it is interesting to see that sean's philosophy on that is what i mean polar opposite of hackett and that's a good thing we want whoever's mm -hmm. coaching the broncos now to be polar opposite of nathaniel hackett I mean, two takeaways from what he said about the practicing and everything. Number one, the Broncos were soft as a team. And number two, they were too badly injured. And, you know, he was asked about the voluntary minicamp that was scheduled for April. And he goes, I don't know why that was printed, but we're not having that. We're going to lift and train and run and do that phase of the football, you know, offseason workout program before jumping into the second one. So it's usually lasting three weeks. That first phase, I think Sean Payton said he'll do it about a month. So it is Sean Payton's way or the highway. Albert Knoppers with an interesting point. He says, Sean Payton finally has a quarterback that can do it all. With the Saints, he needed two QBs to do it all. I mean, you didn't really need that additional skill set all that much when you've got Drew Brees like passing for yeah. how many plus 5,000-yard seasons did he total with Sean Payton, golly. Uh, but your point is not lost on us. That's why I think people need to stop reading into this as Sean doesn't like Russ. Sean Payton is trying to get to Jarrett Stidham, get Jarrett on the grass as soon as possible. No, I think he's really intrigued to see what kind of hay he can make with a quarterback that does, as Albert is sketching out here, have such a versatile skill set in terms of what he can do from with his arm and what he can do with his legs. Let's just hope he's still got it between the ears. Like, if you think back to his time in Seattle, Zach, I used to get so frustrated, so just uh, when the Broncos would go up against the Russell Wilson Seahawks because the dude was just so disciplined, man, and he just made you freaking 
fight for every inch that you could get on him. He was stubborn as hell about giving the ball away. When the chips were down in critical situations in the game, whether it was third down, red zone, he just always found a way, made a way. And then all of a sudden, that just disappeared last year. It's like, where did that go? Your catchphrase, that. Coaching, 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 baby. Yeah, Albert, I see what you're saying here, and I'm glad that the Broncos have a coach that can be so creative as an offensive play caller to utilize two quarterbacks. But like Chad said, I think that uh, necessity was more so when he had Jameis Winston under center than Drew Brees. But regardless, he'll have a plan for any player that's on the offense. And again, the the Vic Fangio, remember that coaching bump that was supposedly going to come to the Broncos? They will get that under Sean Payton on the offensive side. Everyone will be better by the virtue of coaching, coaching, coaching. Mike, what's up, dude? Great to see. That's a newer name, Zach, if I'm not mistaken, on the Super Chat. So, brother, thank you for being with us. Very generous of you. Says Mike, I'm not sure if you two are too young to remember how Bill Parcells treated Phil Sims. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) Buckham. Love your show. Um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, yeah, a lot of that stuff. I'm, I'm going through the Rolodex. I am maybe a little too young to remember it from like a contemporary perspective, but I've read a couple of books on Bill Parcells. Thanks to shout out Doc Bear, AKA Emmett Smith, who uh, bequeathed to me many great football tomes, many of which were Bill Parcells biographies or, you know, books about him. So uh, Bill Parcells, you know, he's a tough love kind of guy more often than not. That's the exact word I was going to use. A lot of tough love between Parcells and Phil Sims. A lot of razzing, a lot of you know picking on him, but it was to get the most out of him because Parcells identified Sims as a player who responds to that type of coaching. You don't want to coddle someone like that, and that's what you have now in Peyton and Russ. Right. All right. We are at 42 minutes, so we're starting to get close, guys. Any burning topics, questions, get them in the chat. The Duchess jumping in again. Thank you, Michaela. Love you. She says, a coach liking a player or not, it's BS. Either a player can play or not. That is how coaches get fired. Ask Fangio, LOL. True. Now, when I talk about does a coach like a player, all right, like in the case of Sean Payton, does he like Russell Wilson? What I'm saying is, is he in on that? Does he believe in this guy? Like, is this a guy I like for my scheme? Is this a guy I like for my team? Etc. But um, I think he does believe that Russell Wilson is going to be the starter for him and that they're going to make some hay together. Honestly, it might sound kind of idiotic. I don't really care if Sean Payton likes Russell Wilson or not personally or professionally, as long as they can win together and achieve success. That is the bottom line point blank period. That's true. That's true. Naj. Number two tonight, bro, thank you, says, I feel deep down that Wilson is going to have a career-type year. The amount of negativity that guy has faced, Peyton rebuilding his self-confidence is priority one. With Peyton, we have a game planner who can outcoach anyone. Oh, yeah. And that's why it's like so much of um, so much of the uh, blessings that Sean Peyton will be able to bestow upon Russ we won't be able to see him uh, actually come out in the wash, Zach, until we get to actual football being played. But in the meantime, he's doing things, albeit passive-aggressively, moving the board around, making acquisitions. That's more of an actual aggressive move. 
saying things in the press, let alone we don't know exactly what kind of interactions behind closed doors. Or, although NFL coaches are prohibited this time of year from having X amount of contact with players. Uh, but your point here, I think, Naj, is a really good one. You got to get Russ believing in himself 100% again. And that's why I bring it back to the Parcells psychology thing here, Zach, where I think to get Russ his confidence back, you got to get him mad. You got to get him not like crazy. Don't, don't misinterpret what I'm saying, but like you got to just make him a little bit, you know, indignant. Like I got something to prove and maybe that thing I've got to prove is to my head coach. If you can get that kind of attitude, mindset, whatever out of Russell Wilson, that's where the cream I think starts rising to the top. Yeah, absolutely. This is also a pretty apt comment really quickly from Doug. Peyton is not the type of coach that likes his players. And that's, I don't, it doesn't have to be a case where they have to be everybody's best friend. And it's true because if you read or watched the presser today, whereas Nathaniel Hackett would have said Lloyd for Lloyd Cushenberry, Sean Payton says Cushenberry or Patrick for Tim Patrick. It's all football, all business and results based um, occupation. And Sean Payton understands that better than anyone in terms of Naj saying career year. I was going to scoff at that considering at age going on 35. Is that really plausible? But a career high in passing yards for us is 4219. I don't know if it's all that far-fetched, even in a run-first offense. Passing touchdowns, though, was set in 2020. That's 40. In a run-first offense with what Sean Payton wants to do, I think that might come down a little bit. It might be in like 25-30. But between the weapons he has, especially if they don't trade Sutton or Jerry Judy, I don't see why you couldn't get the 4,000-yard uh, club again. I agree. And if you think about – I mean, wrap your brain around what it would translate to relative to the team outlook. If this – Broncos squad had a quarterback eclipsing 4,200 passing yards and eclipsing even 25 passing touchdowns. How many did he have last year, Zach? Not even 15, or was it about 15? Uh, last year he had 16. 16. All right. It was like stingy getting a passing score out of this Broncos offense. You put somewhere around 30 touchdowns, which up to this, up until the point he came to Denver. That's about where he lived as far as his mean was late high 20s to low 30s was like his his little pocket. Man, this team, how many more games would the Broncos have won last year alone with just that squad as it was if that was the kind of production Russell Wilson was able to produce? Woulda, shoulda, coulda, you know, we can get into all that, but um, I like I like the idea of him getting a little bit closer to his – dude, honestly, if he stays healthy, which is not a given – all right, because he's entering his age 35 season and he's missed multiple starts in each of his last two years due to the injury bug. But if he can fend off the injury bug with Sean Payton, even in a run focused, physical kind of smash mouth, let's make our passing hay off the play action kind of thing, dude, Drew Brees, a bad season for him was like, you know, 48, 4,900 passing yards and 30 touchdowns. Not to say that Russ is going to just fit into that mold out of the gates. But if you can get even close to a bad Drew Brees season under Sean Payton, golly. I was thinking about that. You know, you add just 10 more touchdowns to his total. The Broncos, I looked at their schedule. They had six one-possession losses last season. They could have easily been a playoff contending team if Russell Wilson were to hit that mean that Chad was talking about. So it's not all that far-fetched what Nas was saying, that maybe he gets back to being in that where he's comfortable in that 20 to 30 range. 
And just imagine what kind of effects that has on the whole operation. Mike, thank you, buddy. It's great to have you in the chat. Appreciate you. Um, there's a couple comments here, Scott. I, I starred from earlier that I want to get to after we get to all the super chats, including first things first, though, we got to grab Taylor. Thank you, bro. He says, have you guys been hearing about our newly signed right tackle being given okay. a bad grade for the signing? Okay. I like the signing and all the signings we've done so far. Go Broncos. Yeah, not everyone has loved the McGlinchey signing for whatever reason for Denver, mostly due to the money he got, which even when they complain about a contract, Zach, they're actually throwing shade on the player saying that he's not good enough to justify that contract. Sean Payton talked about why McGlinchey today, talked about why Ben Powers today, and the bottom line is he's a guy they targeted because he fit the mold that they're looking to establish up front. I don't care about player grade signings. I don't care about power rankings. I don't care about PFF grades. Those are all somebody's opinion, and I don't take my cues from other people. If Mike McGlinchey can solve the Broncos' carousel at right tackle that's been going on for a half decade now, then $87.5 million will be money well spent. That's the bottom line. What separated Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey from other free agent possibilities? Peyton, quote, Good question. I think you evaluate these players, you look at all the tape, then you look at the makeup and the intelligence. We felt like they were really good fits for what we want to do. There was a consistency that you saw that you felt like you were getting each week. Health, makeup, all of that gets factored in. So again, it doesn't really matter, including what like a Mile High Huddle article, how it graded this contract or that contract or whatever. What matters is, did the Broncos get their guy? And I think in both those cases, they really feel like they did. They wanted big, brutish, dominating bullies in the trenches, which is what they're supposed to have, which is what they have not had for quite a while now. Uh, it's interesting, though, he points to health with McGlinchey because he missed nine games in 2021, but he did start, start all 17 last year. So, if he again, if he can solve that problem, it's not our money. It's not your money. Who really cares? Money well spent. Uh, shout out to uh, Nick Hale. Good to see you, buddy. Appreciate the kind words for MHH. You're awesome. Uh, Big Earn in the house. Love you, Big Earn. Uh, giving Bridge the Gap some love. Clayton, brother, thank you. Um, went on went from 34 degrees in Wisconsin to a foot of snow and a foot of snow to 87 degrees in Florida. Hey, good for you, big dog. Uh, smash the like button. Uh, and then Mike Ronquillo jumping in just a few minutes ago to say this. Great show tonight, Chad and Zach, MHH Pod, Go Broncos, Buckham. We're about out of time. Zach, is there any other topic from Sean Payton's remarks today that we didn't get to you want to grab? Um, I mean, I can scroll through them on my own. I think we covered pretty much everything. Um, special teams, maybe. You know, he kind of had Go a ahead. little he kind of had a little subtweet at Dwayne Stukes as well. He goes, I think it's awfully important. Um, you know, I brought in uh Mike Westoff, Chris Banjo, and Ben Kotwicka. Yeah, it would be, you know, stupid to not have a punter or not have the correct holder or a turner. And we're still working on that side of the ball. So I just love that he's come in here and automatically identified the Broncos biggest weaknesses. And not only that, is not afraid to air that publicly. Agreed. I liked also what he said um, when asked, could the Broncos potentially re-sign Latavius Murray? We'll see. Um, keeping that door open a little bit. On why Alex Singleton, Zach, was a priority. Quote, he was productive 
I thought there were a lot of things we did well defensively. If he wasn't, then there was, if he wasn't, then there, then where we, that's kind of a weird jumble of words. Let me, let me jump forward. The mistake, sometimes we didn't take that all for granted and say, oh, he's just going to return. There's a lot that went into that. Those two inside guys, Jewel as well, played well and they were available. The defense in a lot of ways played well, considering the time of possession, field position, et cetera. It's hard to play good defense, Zach. Here we go again. If you're not playing complimentary football, sounds like I'm being critical of the special teams in the offense, and I am. <laughs> <laughs> but he talked about time of possession, Chad. He talked about field position. You know, those things were contributing factors. Everyone blamed the offense and, you know, to an extent blamed um, Russell Wilson, but it was also the offense putting the defense in bad spots. It was just a, not a complimentary team, and the Broncos are going to be that under Sean Payton. Guys, love you. Thank you so much. Uh, shout out to um, Cooper and Michaela Israel. We see you in the chat. Can't wait to talk to Michaela Thursday night. It's going to be dope. But before we dip out, we got a few messages. Thank you all for another amazing installment of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad N. Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some of the merch that you see us rocking right now or hearing about rocking right now, go to MHHmerch.com and check it out. All new Buckham inventory in. Lots of cool stuff, I promise you that. If you haven't, go to Facebook.com slash mile huddle pod be sure you're liking that page following that page and also if you're on instagram follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle if you haven't as well guys and gals go to apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month but if anything please sub like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel it really helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you Got it. Love you guys. Thank you so much to these great Super Chat superstars throwing down tonight. Sam Bam, Naj, the Duchess, Michaela Parker, Tom, Gary Palmer, Mark Ward, Mike Edel, uh, Taylor Christensen, all on YouTube and then on Facebook. Howie freaking day, freaking going off with some huge big boy freaking stars. Love it, dude. Michael as well, Lawrence Rivera, Mike Reno, George Fox, much love and respect. Can't wait to talk with you guys again Thursday. It's going to be a gas. Have a great start to your week, guys and gals. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.